0: hey guys welcome back uh just a little one we're going to be changing up the snacks for a little bit um on the weekends and yeah super proud that the book honest chats how to tackle your feelings and befriend vulnerabilities now out um and available online in stores um even the ebooks uh, ebook and even the audio book as well is actually available too so yeah link in the show notes will also be there for all that stuff but yeah incredibly proud that it's finally out it's been over the, obviously over about a year in the making and um, it's pretty overwhelming that it's out and it's crazy. I was actually chatting with Mon, who's going to be talking with us um, and talking a little bit after this excerpt. Like, I haven't been. I'm obviously excited. I'm so pumped that it's out. But I think until you know, it's actually had the chance for people to read it um, and you know give feedback and see what they think. It's going to be. Um, I don't know how to feel about it yet because I don't know if it's even any good. But um, I'm really proud of it, and that's all that matters. I think that it's yeah, good reflection of, as I said, my life, but also the. Two hundred and fifty odd podcasts I've done, um, weaving them into you know some of the best bits that I've learned, but then also speaking about a few interesting things that I've sort of been through with um, my family, mental health, my dad, my career, starting the podcast, favorite guests, all those bits and pieces. So I'll read out experts um, for a few weeks and see if you guys enjoy it. Let us know if you if you do, and we can keep it up and sort of discuss how it was with the book and talk a bit more about it. But as I said, yeah, would love for you to. Um, send messages if you have any questions about the book after you've read it. or as you're reading through it, and we'll definitely um, would love to yeah to do that. Get in touch on our Instagram Dylan Friends or even an emailed at inquiries at dylanfriends.com and me and Mon will um, go through them and, and see if there's anything uh, in in there that we can we can talk about because it's cool. Anyway, I'll get into it now. Uh, AFL not exactly a relaxing job for someone prone to anxiety. Though at that point, I had no idea what I had or what to call it. When you're a top-level footy player, every single thing you do on the field is a broadcast to the country and recorded for the the rest of time. Every goal mark, every time you touch the ball is recorded in the stats and goes into your sporting history. You go into a game knowing that if you mess up, it'll probably be in the papers the next day. And out there, someone in the stands is definitely going to let you know how they feel about it. The level of scrutiny and judgment on the player is extraordinary. If they measured anxiety levels, I'm sure I would have walked away with the medal for that eight years running. In retrospect, anxiety is one of probably the biggest negative factors of my footy career by far. I didn't see it until the end of I finished my career, but my anxiety was pretty bad. Since I've been learning a lot about mental health and consciously working to understand that part of myself more, I've realized that my anxiety took a lot of the joy out of footy for me at at once I started playing in the seniors. I just love footy to bits, but I couldn't enjoy it that way that I had before I'd gone to AFL. Game days were the worst. In the lead up to every game, I'd hope that I'd be called off or that I'd wake up and the coach would go, you know what, Dill? you don't have to play today. We're going to hold you over in case of an emergency. Anxiety made it impossible to function at peak performance. For me, anxiety was just as debilitating as a physical injury. Worse, really. I thought at times I was injured were the lowest points in my career. But in hindsight, they were often when I felt the happiest as a team player because the pressure was off. If something was wrong with my body, snapped or broken or torn, I'd be flooded with relief as I limped off off the field because I knew that I had four weeks from having to face any game day again. There were times I could get out of my head and the anxiety left me alone. That was where I played my best footy. I once kicked a bit of a miracle goal against the Bulldogs, probably because I didn't have to think about it. I was playing in, de- uh, in defence way back in the field, not really in position to be scoring goals. Some of the spectators probably thought I was having a pie in the stands. Aha, uh-huh. there's jokes in here. Um, I was that far back. But then the ball came bounding up. I saw it, grabbed it, gave a little spurt of speed uh, towards a boundary and banged the ball through. I don't know how it worked logistically, but it sailed through the goalpost and into history. Definitely one of the good ones. A Bulldogs fan leaped under the fence and I thought I was about to cop a spray, but instead he thumped me on the back and yelled, Onya, it was really weird. My teammates reckon it was a sympathy clap because I re- so rarely got a kick. Most of the times, though, I was too anxious to react like this. Look, I know every, everyone gets anxious at times and it's prevalent in footballers, but mine was out of control. I remember stretching up during warm-ups during a game, really going for it and hoping I'd tear my hammy off the bone because then I wouldn't have to go out there. Then I'd go out and then something would just click and I'd just play some of the best footy of my life. Even though I was under the MCG lights, surrounded by the roaring crowd, all of that slipped into the moment because I really became part of the game. But then I'd go into the rooms at halftime and the anxiety would kick in again. All right. How the fuck can I get out of the next half? I don't want to fucking be here. I could be playing incredibly well, kicking goals, but every break the panic would kick in and I'd start thinking about ways to get out of the game. The second I had the moment to worry, the anxiety would just poleax me, which is pretty tragic because I loved footy. Loved the game itself and it was a lifelong passion. I love everything about it. I love being part of a team. It was like hanging out with 40 of your best mates every day, getting paid to stay fit, go to the beach and play the game you love. Literally my work was playing a game. I was so fucking lucky and I loved every minute of it, except for game day, when my mental state took all the joy out of it. Since then I've learned what anxiety is and how it was affecting me, but at the time I didn't think my headspace was anything out of the ordinary. I just always felt that way. So I thought that it was normal to feel so shit. Early in life I was always nervous. I thought that I was just scared or a pussy. I was embarrassed about how weak it would make me, but even playing footy, I didn't want to talk about it with anyone. What do you mean you don't want to be out in the field? I thought they'd say. I wanted to enjoy footy and I wanted to excel. At the time, I would beat myself up for not competing with the other players or even when we trained the same amount. And the truth is, I trained as hard as I could. I didn't fail for lack of effort or passion. My anxiety was just so bad that it kicked my legs out from under me. I tried my guts out, but anxiety got in the way of me performing at my best. It was bad even when I wasn't playing on the big stage. I remember my last professional game I ever played. It was for the Giants and the Twos out in the suburbs of Brisbane in a local, against a local team, the Aspley Hornets. Realistically, it was literally the lowest stakes game of my professional football in, in Australia at that stage that I'd ever played. 90% of the fans wouldn't even know it was happening. It wasn't even televised. There was nobody in the stands. I knew that this was going to be my last game. I knew I was getting delisted at the end of this year. No one was watching. And the big picture, the outcome of the game didn't even mean anything to me either personally or the team. We were knocked out of finals. It wasn't even going to happen. And still, I felt the anxi- I felt like the anxiety was going to kill me. I couldn't even eat breakfast um, that morning. I didn't even eat dinner the night before. The whole way there, I was hoping the bus would break down or crash or something would just happen to erase the game from the earth before I had to lace up my boots. Just a stream of pure fucking anxiety attacks coming out of nowhere. This is so random. Why is this happening? I asked myself. I didn't know. I didn't understand it it's still something i'm trying to work out on understanding today because i loved footy everything about it except for the anxiety that swallowed me whenever i wasn't burning up in the joy of the game in the moment it's not something that got better over my career either but worse as my footy was wrapping up and i saw a delisting on the horizon when footy finished i thought it would all go away but it didn't later it showed up in other areas of my life like podcasting freaking out after releasing an episode worried that something might be taken the wrong way Eventually, I started getting help from professionals on how to manage it and started educating myself on anxiety and the effects of me, uh, the, how it affected me. Name entertainment has worked for me. Understanding, that I have, uh, understanding what I have, its symptoms, and how they affect me all helps me manage my anxiety better these days, although it's still a work in progress. One of my biggest tips is getting my foundations right, the four pillars, health, fitness, diet, and sleep. I check in with myself regularly on these to help me keep my life as balanced as possible. These four pillars underpin everything else in my life and keeping on top of them allows me to be the best person I can be for myself and everyone else I care about. If I can get these four things right all the time, does it stop me from feeling anxious? No. No guarantees, but it does give me the absolute best shot. Sometimes I think about uh, the career I could have had if I had, had techniques to help me better manage my, that anxiety, but I don't have any real regrets. Who knows how far I might have gone with footy I've used it, the good and the bad, as motivation for the next phase. I may have missed a full opportunity because of my mental health, but I'm working to manage on my anxiety to make me sure I embrace my days ahead with the fullest, to the fullest possible extent. I've wasted enough time worrying about it. To be honest, I still haven't worked out how to fix it. It's just one of those things I haven't nailed, and maybe it's okay if I never do. I'm trying to work towards a resolution, while knowing full well it's probably not something that can, can or needs to be totally fixed anxiety sucks but also it's what makes me who I am it's my enemy and my best friend because it makes me work how I do I'm a warrior. I take after my mum that way probably my dad too but they're from a generation where mental health and self-care wasn't really a part of the everyday conversation so I'm lucky to have come up in an environment where awareness of anxiety and some better coping mechanisms are something I can access that's for sure Many of those I learned through AFL, as you know, and some I continue to pick through guests on my podcast in other er various forms and ways. There are a few things I can say that are absolutely true, but here's one of them. You never regret a swim. No matter how cold the water is, no matter how much you don't want to jump in, you never get out of the water regretting the experience.
1: Wowzers. Yeah,
0: how crazy is that? What
1: a chapter. How does that make you feel reading that back?
0: Super weird. It's like I think... Like, even reading it in front of you, I was like, oh my yeah. God, I don't really want to be telling anyone this stuff. But then, yeah. like, you know, it's out there now.
1: That's crazy. Um,
0: And I suppose, like, for me, because I do talk about this stuff. Like, the book's not about anxiety. Mm. Like, this is one chapter of it. And it was like, I think I even said it that my favorite part of the book is like, I didn't even want to write this chapter, mm. but it wouldn't have been an honest chat if I didn't. Yep. Like, I just had to acknowledge it and be like, look, this is an issue. Uh, this is something I'm, 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 Doing my language on it, like still, it's like this is something I – it's a part of me. Like yeah. it's 1% of the 99% of who I am, as much as it is of anyone. But, yeah, it's like it's definitely had a grip a grip on me at some stages in my life, sometimes more than I'd like to admit. But I think for me, like flipping that script of like using it as a superpower and learning about it and, un- you know, like as, as uncomfortable as it's been, putting myself in, having conversations, working out what – Part of it is really challenging for me, has Mm. been super challenging, but also gives me more confidence to know that it's just something that I can get through and something that I deal with and I can use it as a positive uh, in my life.
1: Thinking about it from like a growth perspective Mm. and thinking about you now, obviously there's a difference in age and I think with age comes experience and with that you get used to things or get better um, at dealing with things. Do you think if you were put in a situation now, just they were like, deal call you up, you're playing a game for Carlton again, you're getting out there, how do you reckon Dill now would feel about it
0: all? It's such a good question, like, because I haven't played since I finished, like, no games. Yeah. Uh, I did play that one charity game for the um, St. Kilda, the Danny Frawley um, game, but, you know, that's like a little bit different. I wasn't like having anxiety attacks before that. (laughs) But it's super weird because even with the pods and stuff now, like, there is a. That anxiety around like the risk that i've gotten a lot better at mm. around like as long as i say something and i didn't mean it in a way that offends like oh, i'm sort of really comfortable i've worked so much on that now being like that's okay people are going to not like what i say all the time i can work it out like just because one person doesn't agree it's not going to change it like so i've got a really good structure around that sort of stuff now and i feel like i've developed in that sense a lot but the footy one is different because I, have, I I still to this day don't know what it is. Yeah. Like I can't put my finger on it because um, I've even looked at like maybe playing a few games with mates and stuff and then it gets to that point where I'm like, oh, no, fuck that. I want to do that. But do you think I, it's oh. internal
1: or external? Like do you think it's the it's pressure internal. of other people or it's always just been – which I mean that makes sense that it would be internal because like you said in that chapter, the game that you were at that you were playing for your final game, that wasn't – it's not televised. Internal. There's, there's not a crowd. So it's like it's – it mustn't be coming from the you outside, Never ever have right? I felt
0: pressure from anyone. like I don't yeah. really, And even if like, you know, when you talk about like the feedback and stuff for like playing badly, it didn't really bother me. Like I, if you played badly, you play badly. But there was just this internal, like I'd worked it up so much in my head that just it was nearly unbearable to go out there and try and do it. I don't know what it was. And it was almost nearly, I think the only thing I am certain on in when it was with the footy stuff was like because it was – I almost felt worse in the lower stakes games Yeah, playing in like the VFL and NEFL because it was like, well, you should be dominating this game because Mm. you're playing in the NEFL. Whereas like when I was playing AFL, I was like, hey, I've got really good players around me. I don't feel as though like it's not really, you know, I was like happy. It wasn't like the crowd, like that didn't bother me. It was just like- I think like
1: a massive part of that that stood out for me was like you even stretching before the game and hoping that you would get an injury. Mm. Like I don't think even people kind of thinking about player anxiety and they might think, oh, someone like vomits before the game or they're super nervous, whatever, all those general things, right? But actually having that mindset of like, geez, I hope someone just takes me out or I hope I injure myself. Like that's so full on. From Dylan now, what would you say to that kid there who was like, feeling that way what advice would you give him now that you've had the the experiences that you've had especially with the podcast and yeah. going through all of this and really being a public figure in that way
0: i'd 100 just speak to the like psychs about it like i never mm. i never admitted that because like i was just so embarrassed like and i probably haven't because it's not in my world anymore like i haven't i don't go out on the mcg like I, before a pod i don't hope that i do that so it's yeah. a bit, a little bit different but yeah in footy You know, when I was going through it, I just never, ever said anything because I was like, there's no – like, why would I tell – like, you know, I was just like, how can I tell someone this? They're going to think I'm a fucking idiot. Mm. But it's not true. Like, it happens to so many people and I just wish that I was brave enough at that stage um, to be able to ask for help. I was just scared that, like, you know, at that time too, like I'm a rookie, I'm out of contract and – I'm vying for a new contract. So why would I go and tell the fucking club psych, hey, I want to break my leg before I go out there. They'd be like, let's just delist this bloke straight away. Like yeah. that's what I thought was going to yeah. happen. Like I'm already I'm already trying to get his list. Why would I tell him that I don't want to be out here? Mm-hmm. So I was like, it just, in my head, I was like, I could never say that.
1: That's the thing, right? Though? Mental health is conflicting in so many ways like that. Yeah, And I know you say, I wish I was brave enough yeah. back then but you're brave enough now to release an entire book about it and yeah. there's going to be so many people who read this and go, "Geez, I'm not alone and people who listen to the pods and people who listen to – I know you've got a million podcasts now that you're yeah. on and this is not – you know, Dylan Friends is not the only space that you talk about it and I think that is really cool and really, really important and that is why people should go buy the book, and oh, read.
0: Yeah, there's, and, a, there's a lot. Like, again, I I'm just really happy that there's like – some cool, even for my own sake and selfishly, like I love that the book has just got all this stuff in there that honestly I will use and like that's why I'm so happy with it is because it's stuff that I will genuinely use like in my life and it's stuff that I do use so for me it's like my own journal it's like my own (laughs) journal that we're just like putting out there for everyone else (laughs) as well Um, which is really cool but yeah it's like even on that part about the, when I was talking about the psych stuff about like I was so embarrassed it's like I thought that by saying that it would end my career mm. if i told them but it's like it ended it anyway because yeah. like i didn't say anything yeah so yeah it was uh it was pretty full on time and i think like since then and you know speaking about that like so many players have come forward and told me that they have experienced the same things and have um fucking wish i had known that you know when i was playing cuz i wouldn't have, have felt so stupid but yeah it was uh it was super super interesting but like the part about it now people go like oh, okay like i get it you know performance anxiety like for me I'm not stressed about that stuff. Like that was just a part of it. But I think what it's how it's manifested later in life has been probably the scarier part for me just because like it's not about footy. It's about like just me as a person and yeah. not scary, it's a wrong word, but like has been more confronting because it's like, no, like this is just- It's not a, a fix. It's not a fix. It's yeah. just a part of you, you know, like you're not, you, you don't, you can definitely, you can cure these things and like I, I feel like I'm in an awesome space and I'm, but it's a, it's life, you know, like you, you're not going to, it's almost a beauty of it. Is mm. like you can't just be happy all the time. And you can't just feel good all the time. Like because the, the relationship with anxiety is such a weird one. That's so evolving for me. Is like as much as I hate it, it brings out so many good things in me. Mm.
1: Got to feel the lows to feel the highs. Huh?
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard. Like it's a it's a funny one. Um, but I, I hope people can get some relatability in it, and I'm sure. all I hope they do.
1: They will. Yeah. A hundred percent. Even me <clears throat> sitting here. Listening to that, I was like, "Geez, you, it's stuff you don't hear." And you're so mm. right, like that. And and you know that there's going to be a million more people who probably send you a message saying thank you for that and thank mm. you for being open about it because it is. It's really important. And um, as we said, it's not the only part of the book. Obviously, there are so many incredible messages in there. I'm excited to uh, get my copy. When's that? Oh, it's outside. My... It's outside. Oh, it's you. out I've there. Got you one. Sweet,
0: thanks. I um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be like, I think it was a really good one to start with. Obviously, this is like the excerpt that the publishers let us have but now that the book's out, like what would be really cool is if anyone's read the book or they're going through it and they got they really liked a chapter and they have a question about it, we'll read it. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it yep, in that's the show. Really good. So, so if, I'm yeah. sure
1: there will be a lot of people who go through it and think, yeah. oh, what about this? What about that about that? Make sure you send us a message because yeah. we'll start reading a few more bits of it. Definitely.
0: And-, and the other thing that we really want to do too, I was speaking to like my um the management stuff the other day and I was um thinking about doing a, I, speaking of anxiety, the one thing I'm always anxious about is live events. I'm like, we, we I always want to do them and I'm like, oh, fuck, no one's going to come. So, like, I'm not going to do it. But what I would like to do is, like, an intimate um session where we, like, go to a pub. You and I are up there. We're just talking about the book. You can ask me questions about it. And then like the audience grade. is there. Yeah. Yeah, the audience is there too. And, like, the community is there asking questions. We can do, like, all that sort of stuff as well. So, um, I'd good. love to do stuff like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, if, if anyone's keen, make sure you let us know and um, shoot through uh, a yeah, DM or, or email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com.
1: Yeah, and if you've got the book and you're reading it and you're loving it, make sure you chuck that up there as well. Yeah, so we we'd can love have that. A look we And really see would. who's who's on it. I'm very excited to to go through all of it and and have a read.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think what my favourite chapter was.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good little little question. Do you feel like you need to read it again?
0: Oh, I've read it like four times. <laughs> well, it's you've like, you've it's also like, audio and there's book still spelling <laughs> mistake. There's still like there's still spelling <laughs> mistakes in it. Um, I think my favorite chapter. Oh, it's so hard to pick.
1: That's like asking your favorite episode as well, though. A bit, hey.
0: Yeah. It's like, how there, do you? There's so many little bits that I love, but I love the one about. It actually could be in this chapter. Like that was only a snippet out of the chapter too. I, I think it's in this chapter. The part one of my favorite stories I tell is the one. Um, where we go caving with David Butterfin. I don't know if yep. I have tell it all the time, so it's like too much. So it's probably not good to read out again. But anyway, read it. And if you like it, it's about when I go caving and he gives me the three tips Well, we'll, to, pull, to it go, yeah, we'll to pull it out and one day pull it and have a read. All right. Well, I'll give you the book after this. You can read it and then we'll go back. Amazing up. comment. Thanks for you do. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX.